Hey Sham. What's hey, up? Hey Pranav. How's it going man? I'm good. Uh, rethinking my life as always. Uh, I think weekend is a good time for for some re- for, for some you know reflection. So that's that's what I am uh, up to. And I'll give you a few details as we as we speak because I think today's topic kind of correlates with with what I've been thinking about. Yeah, I love that uh, because uh, one of the occupational hazards of being a thinker is that on weekends <laughs> when we are trying to get some recreation, we start rethinking our lives. So I can totally relate to that. That uh, you know, while most people are out probably clubbing and partying and all. <laughs> as much as realistically possible these days but uh, we we here like rethinking even i've been rethinking my life uh, to be fair yeah like me too yeah I, i think i think for me the weekend when weekend comes you know it's i i obviously i don't have work right i mean i don't have my my full time full time job on on weekend so which leaves me a, with certain breathing space and some time to kind of unwind to kind of relax and to just gather my thoughts you know it just puts me in a better mental state because i'm i'm no longer busy and i have some time to you know think about and i have some time to reflect on on things and so i have usually found myself getting a lot of uh, ideas on on the weekend and uh, just helps me connect with my actual true motivations as opposed to like you know just being busy all the time which i am which i normally am from from monday to friday because of my full time job Yeah I think that's a very good point even I find the need to have scheduled sort of uh, breaks from the daily routine mm. because otherwise it's easy to get into a rut where you're doing the same thing but you're not questioning the big picture as to like whatever you're doing as a daily routine is if that itself is taking you in the right direction yeah because in my case uh, it's very different to most folks who are working a full time job in the sense i don't have a full time job right i'm only doing lazy fitness so i have like the way i've structured is that every day looks the same whether it's weekends or weekdays i do same amount of work and i try to get my rest in that day itself so i mm. don't put too much work on a particular day which is tougher in a full time job because you can't structure when you work etc right but i structure it in such a way that I get my rest in that day so I do my work whatever I can and I get my rest in the same day but I but I'm trying to work 7 days a week or I almost don't take any days off as such but that makes it very important for me to still have certain times where I'm kind of uh, disrupting the day to day routine or I'm taking a step back and asking myself okay am i am i still on the right track or is my daily routine taking me where i wanted to yeah you know i i wonder if 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 these you know if if uh, so usually we start with the podcast start our podcast with a topic like this right which is a little unrelated but like a sneak peek into our personal and professional lives and i i was just thinking if it actually adds value to the listener or if it's just uh, if if they're getting impatient and they're like guys get get like you know get over this we just want to get to the main part just just stop talking about this nonsense stuff so i wonder which which one is it <laughs> yeah you can ask i guess i guess the cool thing is that uh, we should always ask our audience right yeah so including this you should ask your audience and the audience should ask their audience whenever they have like things like this come up uh, questions like this come up yeah probably yeah So let's let's uh, jump in man so today's today's topic is 
is something that I would confess has stumped us both. Uh, at least, you know, it has definitely stumped me from from time to time. The topic is: Should you build an audience first, or should you build a working offer first? That's uh, that's the topic, and it has definitely been an area of confusion for me. And I wouldn't even say that I have like very rock solid thoughts on on the topic as of now. I am I'm exploring my way around it. And just because you know it has been confusing for me, I I I was very motivated to to take this up as a topic for the podcast. Would you would you agree that you know it has? Would you say it for yourself as well that it has it has it has had you confused at times? Yes, but I blame you for it too partially <laughs> <laughs> because I never thought of it as a dichotomy until <laughs> until you explained uh, both these approaches. and then i started seeing it as valid otherwise until then the only approach i saw was the offer based approach i thought that's how everybody should do it so uh, but now i do see it as two distinct approaches both having pros and cons and uh, yeah i don't see either one as being superior and i don't either i don't even see either one as being the right thing to do first i i see it kind of as a chicken and egg problem hmm yeah which maybe you can first elaborate on what what we mean sure. by these approaches before i elaborate on that uh, chicken and egg thing sure sure so for for a creator who wants to build a business that focuses on a smallest viable audience that he or she can run for years to come so i'm talking about a long term business not a short term business and uh, for someone who believes in genuinely adding value before transaction takes place for a, for a creator like this he is often posed you know with a decision it's like he's he or she i'm i'm going to use he for for simplicity so you know it's like it's as if he's at a crossroad and uh, he has to choose from one of the two paths one path is purely audience building path and the other path is offer validation path let me elaborate on both of them the audience building let, let me start with the audience building path so the the audience building path is typically when the creator decides to pick up a topic hopefully a topic that is unique in some way or rather the topic might not be unique but at least the positioning of the of that particular brand if it's a podcast if it's a blog or a whatever it is it has some unique positioning to it and it starts creating some content around it it could typically be a youtube channel the big 3 right the youtube channel the podcast or the or blogging and then he keeps on putting out content on that particular topic if if the if the content is good enough if it's resonating well for a certain select people then people start taking notice of it and then there are certain nitty gritties right for example for for blogging you need to be good at seo and probably search engine optimization would get you a, a like a like a deeper visibility for a youtube channel you have to optimize the channel and so on and so forth but we won't get into those details as of now but the point is that you have you basically create content around i, I think one of these platforms of course there could be exceptions and we have another episode on this about shallow versus deep content but i i would recommend not going into paths like instagram and just instagram right i mean instagram can be a good top of the funnel for you if done well but if you're just doing that then it's it's a bit of a bit of an issue as far as i'm concerned 
So typically you produce content on 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 these three mediums, one of these three mediums or max two mediums when you're starting starting out with. Uh, and then when people start paying attention, you you pay attention to what their issues are, and then you understand what their problems are. You ask them questions. You get to know them better. If needed, you conduct interviews. And eventually, when you have a certain, when you understand, really understand your audience, you co-create an offer for them. They trust you, which is a very very hard thing to get in in this particular in this in this day and age. So now you already have their trust. Now you are slowly moving from trust to offer because you understand your audience. It may it may happen that out of uh, let's say five thousand people who in your email list you decide to focus only on a thousand of them simply because you feel that you know you are more motivated to serve these thousand people. So you would leave out maybe the rest, or maybe thousand is too extreme. Let's say you you take three thousand people and you leave out two thousand people, right? Something like that. But you you focus on a certain set of the total audience that you have. You understand their problems and you co-create an offer for them, right? So it it starts with the audience and then it goes to a paying offer, and then based on 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 their on their problems, you either create a uh, you know information product like an ebook, or you create an online course, or you create a coaching offer, or you create a cohort-based course, and and so on, right? So that that that's path that's path of audience building. The other path is of not doing any of this but directly making an assertion that okay like you know you want to help x group of people so x is basically a, a target segment that you want to target you hype you you assert or you hypothesize uh, you create a falsifiable hypothesis that i would want to teach this particular segment a particular skill or i would want to solve this particular problem for a particular segment so for example i want to help lawyers become great at marketing right that that's a very specific uh, uh problem that you're solving but then you add to that statement i want to help lawyers become great at marketing through an online course right so now you have a much specific offering in place and then you run with this offer you just you just try to validate or test this offer uh, without wanting to build an audience first what you essentially do is that you first validate if what you're offering to the people if people want to pay money to buy that particular thing and then if it works you can consider building an audience after that so if it's working then you get some proof that okay it's working and and then you can if it's working you can start actually building an audience audience around it that's that's how i look at it how what would you add or subtract from this sham wouldn't add much i think it was uh, well defined probably i would say that uh, is it also possible maybe where you're more focused on building an audience but you have an offer on the side as well just to validate that this audience is uh, willing to pay with their or willing to uh, willing to kind of commit with their money with their wallets right in what you have to offer uh, there could be something like that or uh, or if you're starting with an offer at the same time you do focus on building an audience yeah which is kind of what you said but uh, yeah not, nothing really more to add except that there could be like some form of hybrids also where in the beginning it's like maybe 80% of my attention will be on building an audience but 20% on just having an offer and getting that validity etc or vice versa to that is also probably those are also some options that probably lie somewhere in the middle too i would think
yeah possibly yeah, yeah i i think one of the one of the other points of uh, distinction between the two is that when you choose the audience first approach you are a little broader i mean you fall in love with a concept so for example if you take louis grinnell's example uh, he he started the podcast everyone hates marketers which is a, which is a concept right i mean the podcast is on marketing and he says that he he was fighting marketing bs through that podcast so you start with a pretty broad idea but if you compare it to the the coaching program that he offers which is stand stand f out if you if you uh, he he didn't have the clarity first right i mean he didn't have that clarity that okay i'll be creating a program that helps people uh, you know radically differentiate themselves and it helps them stand out he didn't have that clarity the only clarity that he had in the beginning that was that was of the idea which is that okay i want to fight marketing bs and for that i am going to create this podcast and then as step 2 or step 3 step 10 he eventually uh, you know went to the to the actual offer that he is doing and so yeah i mean in in audience in audience first approach this is how you go about it but in when you create an offer you start with specific and then go to the to the broader uh, you know broader things which means that you first decide that okay this is the kind of program that i want to offer you validate that particular program by doing small tests and then if that works out then perhaps you think of building an audience and then you grow go a little broader so you start with the offering the actual thing that you want to sell and based on that you go towards the concept whereas in audience you start from the concept and then go towards the towards the offer yeah absolutely it's a great way of seeing them as kind of having very opposite approaches approaches to each other when you consider that in one in the audience first approach you are going from broader to specific and in the other in offer based you are going you starting with the specific itself and then of course you can go broader uh, if you wish but um, i think therein also lies the biggest benefits and drawbacks of both so the benefit of one being the drawback of the other so when you are doing an audience first approach what i like is that initially you're not worrying too much about what you're going to offer right so as an entrepreneur what you're doing is you're letting the offer emerge very organically from just building relationships with your audience i think that is one of the biggest strengths of this approach when we jump to create an offer first our biases could really cloud our judgment in the beginning right or we might just create something at the end of the day we might just create something for whatever reasons Hang Which, on, hang on, hang on. This this was interesting. Why, why? Can you elaborate on our biases could cloud our cloud our judgment? Like, what did you mean by that? In the sense that if I feel something which is not a sentiment shared by the market, then I will create an offer which reflects that because I will expect the market to think that way. For example, um, for example, for me, while starting Lazy Fitness, one of the big things for me. was that i should be able to eat out right not cook at home i should be able to eat out and still lose weight right that was the pinnacle of convenience for me but now i know from interacting with the market that the market doesn't think of things that way necessarily right uh, most people if you ask them what's the biggest challenge so that i cannot cook at home so i want to be able to eat outside that's not how they would phrase the problem that's not how they see their challenges initially either right so just my own bias or the thing that i faced 
at that time like at that time i thought that this is how everybody would be thinking so if i and i did of course like start with an offer at that time and that's why like my offer didn't take off like mad like i thought it would right and this was the reason because i was trying to sell it to myself you know i was trying to sell it to somebody who i thought would be a carbon copy of me and that is a problem that is a risk with going offer first because mm-hmm. you really don't know what the market wants yet it's more of a guess or an assertion like you said right until you have interacted with your audience a lot whatever you put out there is a guess at the end of the day so that's the risk with the offer based approach and the strength with the audience based approach because with the audience first approach you're not even making any assertion you're like okay this is a broad thing i am into fitness or louis grenier was into marketing and he had a very broad premise and he just starts putting content out there he starts building those relationships and from the relationships emerge insights when when you speak with more and more members of your audience then you start seeing these patterns and from that you're building an offer so that is significantly more validated or that process makes it significantly more likely that whatever the first offer you put out there will work it makes it more likely because it genuinely emerges from the patterns that you observed in the audience and not your own projections as to what the audience will think yeah so so am i sensing a certain bias here like do you do you feel that uh, that is perhaps a better approach uh, than no not not really no because the uh, the problem with audience first is that at the end of the day what counts as validation in my book is people actually paying paying for it yeah and there's always the risk that you're building an audience who ultimately will not pay you for whatever you will create for whatever reason like yeah what's very, the guarantee right yeah yeah exactly exactly what's the guarantee that you're building the right kind of audience at all like a very a basic example the most obvious one could be that your audience might not comprise of high ticket clients or people who have the potential to pay high prices if you wish to put out high ticket products for example so they might love your free content etc but as soon as you put something out there they uh, they would not buy and then you might discover that the kind of people you want as your high ticket clients right or high ticket clients in general high ticket prospects just happen to think in a very different way so that means that your audience that you have built so far uh, that effort is somewhat gone to waste because now you don't know exactly like which are uh, like what uh, psychological beliefs or what psychographics they share with those high ticket clients and which ones they don't so all that information all those insights you gathered from that audience is kind of useless now because uh, you realize that high ticket prospects are a separate audience of their own they are a separate uh, demo uh, the separate psycho so that is a big risk whereas if you put your offer out first at least you know exactly who to focus on because people who pay right are the ones who are validating with their wallet and that is a significantly higher um, i would say potent form of validation than just being a free content consumer so that is the advantage in the offer first uh, approach so i th- i see both of these as being very valid pros and co- like pros on both sides because of which i personally am quite balanced or i think that there should be other factors like how fast you want the results or or whether you have a full time job etc these things could play into like your personal situations could play into the decision i think but that we could talk about that later once we kind of really flesh out these pros and cons but these are the main the top 
pros for each that i see hmm you have any you have anything else to add to either these pros or like uh, a few of your own also so i can i can make this about myself for a bit okay and yeah. uh, talk about talk about the pros and cons or rather talk about how i am thinking about these two things and how they apply to to how i am building things okay so the interesting thing about the offer first approach is that when someone pays you money so so let let me just give an uh, like a very very concrete example i have i have basically ran offers in the past okay so i have basically conducted workshops in the past and pretty pretty inexpensive uh, workshops because i was just trying things out it was like local in my city now if, if i do obviously they'll be online and these workshops were for a cold audience which means that i just i just used facebook ads for my for my to get to get leads for this workshop around uh, i got around 10 people i think the last one had around only 6 people it was a struggle for me to get people very honestly uh, but yeah i i could get a few people and the amazing part was that i spent two two days with them discussed their business and i think 60% of those people really really started trusting me after that you know so it's like the offer helped me build trust as opposed to me building trust first and then putting out putting out the offer so that is that is definitely one one thing to consider that when a customer when when a prospect becomes a customer he automatically starts trusting you more or there is a big possibility of course like you know your product has to be remarkable it has to be good uh, it cannot be substandard if it is substandard then of course you know then you're screwed but uh, otherwise i think i think uh, there is potential to build trust even when you put out offer there so here is how i am thinking about it sham I, i i don't have a clear answer if i'm very honest i don't have a clear answer but i what i am trying to do is i am trying to tackle both of these these things at the same time which means that i am doing both in other words i am doing both or both and perhaps this this takes us back to the point that you made about some kind of a hybrid model and it could very well be the fact that i am scared and that's why i don't want to commit to one thing completely and uh, because of which i'm using a hybrid model which again like you know opens up a new new door of conversation which is should i just be brave and you know do one thing <laughs> that that's another conversation but the 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 very honest answer is that i don't quite know i don't quite know what's what's best for me so i might just do both and then see where it takes me so on one hand we are doing this podcast i also plan to have some some content created in text going ahead and that would be my purely my my content uh, content strategy per se which is like you know the, the audience first strategy mm. one of the reasons i could be confused is is that i don't have a 100% confidence in or i don't have a 100% clarity in terms of the problem that i want to solve and the people that i want to solve it for i mean i have a few ideas but i don't have enough evidence that suggests that okay like you know i do x for y i don't have the answers to both of these variables and so in order to get both of these answers i thought of tackling it from by doing both so i'm i'm doing i'm creating content at the same time because i've done some workshops in the past and i know the 
value that I, I can be good in a classroom. Okay, I know I can. If you put me in a classroom, I I can explain a concept too well. I can connect with the audience and I can give them aha moments. I know that. Hardly has it happened that you know I I can't remember an instance in the recent past where I have you know put on a show and the audience has failed to connect with it or they have ridiculed me for it. So if I have that strength, why not use that strength? And so I am definitely considering a low risk offer or a what is the right word like a low barrier low offer? Hurdle, nah, low barrier, yeah. Low hurdle or low barrier offer yeah. where uh, you know you you typically. uh don't ask them for a big commitment but basically you ask them for a smaller commitment and uh i i intend to have low barrier offers with the hope of with the hope of finding the exact x and y that i spoke about it okay maybe if i have three workshops right if i have one workshop on content creation if i have one workshop on audience building if i have one workshop on storytelling one workshop on marketing strategy it's it's purely i mean i can think my way through it but you you know that thinking is not going to give me answers i mean thinking only takes you a certain way and when you put out your thoughts offer validation will always happen with from by the audience not not by me so i can i have not more than let's say six ideas okay for these workshops and so so far i have been procrastinating thinking that okay when i have the perfect idea i'll do the workshop but i think it's the other way around is that you have to pick an idea you have to see if it works if it doesn't you pick another idea that's that's how you how you go about it so so yeah man like i i want to do the workshops as well as a way of of creating my offer so that's that's how i'm thinking about 2022 so i'm thinking that last bit you said about the fact that we might not it might not be suitable or it might not be ideal to wait till we get the perfect idea for a workshop or or for any offer in general yeah doesn't make sense to be uh, to do that it probably has to be us putting out multiple offers out there and seeing what works yes so from that standpoint i do think that there is definitely value in doing the offer first approach and, and i do buy the hybrid model too so i think that uh, we need certain elements or we should be leaning towards the audience based approach audience first approach to a certain degree because as much as possible we should let the insights the problems etc emerge naturally from the audience itself and put our ourselves as little as possible or let our biases interfere as little in the process possible so because of that it should uh, whatever our approaches should have a heavy element of being audience first but at the same time i think we need to start putting offers out there one because of course people are people will uh, pay which will tell you who are the more important people in the audience to look at and what is common among them versus those who didn't buy that all that gives extra information and second like you mentioned is that we need to put in a, in the inner lifetime as a business until we break bank or until the business really takes off right from zero to when it really starts taking off we will probably be experimenting with multiple offers so you might as well get started on that experimenting in the beginning itself because yeah. like uh, like Sean says in TLB uh, he says that uh, around 80% of most offers fail and this is sean saying that you know if sean nondre also faced such <laughs> such uh, dismal odds regarding offers and i i have been recently reading this book by alex uh, hormozy right if i'm pronouncing it right he says that uh, or he quotes a jeff bezos quote where jeff bezos says that 
like 90% of your new initiatives might just fail but even even if 10% give you 100x results then overall you're still making 10x for your efforts yeah and so on you know so which which means that you know if you are the unluckiest person on earth you might as well start putting out offers so that nine of them fail you get to failure fast and then the 10th one works for you right if if you are the most unlucky if you are the unluckiest person in the world if you are the luckiest person in the world the first one will work for you which of course in a, i mean the chances are very less but it's it's just motivating and liberating right that you look at this as a test as an experiment uh, which is more likely to fail than succeed very honestly uh, but you want to get these failures as quickly as you can so that you can take data take inputs and move towards towards success or working offer yeah and those failures can be scary because of general human psychology and the way of course all of us think but uh, it really helps to know that all the biggies also feel that offers have a terrible success rate so i think if we keep that in mind then it makes sense to take this approach of course of putting many offers out there yeah. and if you are going to do that anyway then might as well start early based on the limited information we have because yes. it's also the truth that we will never know our audience 100% that will be a lifelong journey that business long journey or whatever that we'll keep doing keep doing and also with with each decade with trends etc the audience themselves the market themselves will also change depending on the market the landscape etc so even the audience themselves are not static yeah right so they will also keep changing our understanding will also never be 100% so this learning about the audience is a lifelong process so there is no even if you take the audience based approach there is no point at which you will be like okay now i know everything about my audience or there is an essentially one clean clean uh, point in time where you will know yeah so if you consider that you might as well start putting offers out there based on whatever information you have at this moment and if you are starting only like if this is day 0 for you for most people it might not be because they would still have given it some thought and spoken to people or not but even if it is day 0 for you and you have not spoken to a single person who is your ideal audience it's still likely that you yourself are your own audience which is why you thought of this problem which is how most people start their ideas right so you could in the beginning even though i i slammed this exact thing in the beginning saying that that's a bias that we bring but often we bring a lot of correct insights also because we were we have faced that problem ourselves before and we have dealt with it so we understand the problem we can relate to the problem with a lot of nuance etc so initially we can create an offer based on what we feel the market will respond to and see how that works out and when that uh, tanks which it probably will so when that offer fails then you can use that experience you can kind of talk to the audience talk to the people who didn't buy and talk to the mm-hmm. ones who bought kind of figure out what what were the things that worked what yeah. were the things that didn't work etc and that offer validation itself becomes a process by which you get information about your audience which is anyway what you were doing with the audience based approach also yeah so also when yeah, uh, yeah sorry uh, go on go on yeah no so that so that's it so both approaches are there uh, ultimately what we're trying to do is understand the customer which we can do in multiple ways but this is why it might make sense to at least put out some offer knowing that this is not going to be the offer for me which which is it yeah. for me which is a grand slam for me right it probably won't be that in all probability but still it's good to put an offer out there so at least you can let give people the chance to kind of validate themselves with their uh, willingness to pay
Yeah. So, so here is a question, Sham. Do you think for an offer first approach, it's it's absolutely necessary to depend on paid advertisement? No, I I don't think so. I'm not doing that myself. Like, I, so I've had a couple of different offers now, and uh, it's just the first thing, easiest thing I could set up, just to know who's willing to pay, and whether. Uh, yeah, whether I can validate to that next degree, but I have so, not used any paid ads uh, myself either. Do you do you mind sharing how? Because so I'll, I'll tell I... you where this question is coming from. Sorry, I'll, I'll just tell you where this question is coming from. I I I feel that <clears throat> if we are purely going with approach two, right, which is which is offer first approach, uh, we we don't have a trust bank or we we don't have an audience in place. So we are essentially going to a new audience. Now, if we're going to a new audience, one thing, one way of doing it would be, let's say, and I'm talking about products, right? I mean, services perhaps is a different game. Uh, services, uh, you know, typically is to most of us approach it. job seeking as a cold offer, right? I mean, we uh, we don't build an audience. I mean, most of us, right? We we just approach the organization and. Uh, we see if it if it hits or not, or even even if you're a freelancer uh, who is doing services, I think uh, cold outreach, uh, organic organic approaches of like you know doing cold outreach might work. But if you're selling a let's say a product or even a workshop which for which you are selling ten seats, for example, I feel that in order to fill up ten seats, you would need the trust of let's say a hundred people. Again, hundred is optimistic perhaps, but let's say if if or maybe a thousand people right if thousand people see your ad and if let's say a hundred click on it and then let's say 10 buy it so i feel that uh, if we are purely going into that without any trust we might just need the aid of uh, paid ads so that's where my question was coming from but yeah let me know what okay you think. got it got it yeah so i i see it a little differently i don't even see i don't see as uh, the i don't expect much traction from the initial offers to be very honest and i'm not getting much traction on my initial offers either because i don't have an audience and uh, it's it's sort of a flywheel that we have to keep building right okay, only once we build an audience will we get enough people for the offers who can validate uh, that the offer is meaningful and that will also give me information that these are the right type of audience which will help me get better audience and then i'll get more and is that sort of a flywheel but right now for me it is more about like if you don't expect traction initially and you just have an offer there just to give some data points or even if two people show interest in that offer or even if two people sign up for uh, your offer at least that tells you something that you can uh, interview them deeply or you can talk to them regarding what they need etc and especially for me since i i am into services right uh, at least my initial offers offerings were intentionally services because of this because I knew that I don't have an audience, so I won't get too many signups per se for whatever offers I put out. So it didn't make sense to put out product offerings yet because that will just minimize my face time with them. So I, my uh, offerings both have been like the monthly consulting sort of uh, coaching sort of gigs. So since I'm coaching, of course, it's value for them because face to face access is uh, obviously quite valuable when it comes to coaching. But it's actually equally valuable for me because I'm really getting to quiz them at a very deep level in order to help them with uh, their weight loss goals. I'm able to quiz them very deeply and 
get spend a lot of time uh, every week talking about what are the struggles that they face right so i'm going very deep into their lives and stuff so here i'm not getting breadth even though i have an offer there right i'm not getting breadth right i'm just getting a very few number of clients but i'm going deep into their lives as such because it's a services offering so i think there are multiple things at play here i can do that because it's a services offering and it's not a product offering where i don't have face time with them hmm. if it's a product offering probably like you said either either i'll have to kind of schedule an interview with them uh, proactively call them and speak with them after making the sale or or maybe i'll have to run ads so that there's more statistical significance and yeah. all that I, i would imagine yeah i think you know one thing that is emerging is perhaps out of out of context for today's episode but just the fact that you you have to test small and you can't have an offer and then like you know launch a 6 month course without even let's say having done a workshop first or launched a 2 day course first because uh it's 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 a big risk uh i think i think you know even if you choose the audience first approach or even if you choose this approach i think uh, you know just there is just something magical about putting something out there which uh, you know which which gives you some feedback and then based on that you iterate and then eventually you you launch your you know mega offer so speaking to a friend uh, the other day uh, i won't disclose his name because i'm not sure if it's comfortable but he and his partner have started a venture where they teach uh, product leaders so product marketers product managers and uh, i i found the journey very very fascinating they started off with with some sort of an audience creation which means that they started putting out videos on linkedin so they used to take a topic record a video and put it out on linkedin again these videos were like 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 in you know, a not not edited or they were not uh, the production cost was pretty low but the value was was there okay it was a niche topic but the value was there their videos got a certain degree of traction they 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 got a certain degree of reputation i wouldn't say that they went viral but they got a certain degree of of traction through those videos and then they started organizing these uh, four hour workshops where six people were invited only six people okay so it was very exclusive and it was free i think the first one few ones were free you know and uh, those six people had to come up with a problem statement so f- let's say every business gets half an hour so you raise your problem statement and then the others give you inputs for for half an hour and you make notes and you ask questions or whatever and then you move to business to and the same process repeats for everyone out in the room which i found to be very very fascinating uh it's it's low risk right because it's just six people you are creating that exclusivity in fact you want to get in you know if you are outside you want to get in uh, but they can say that hey it's just six people sorry and then after this uh, you know four hour workshop they ha- started having these two day events and now finally they have launched like a 8 week or 12 week program uh, which is a cohort based course so perhaps I, i'm going off on a tangent but i what i what i wanted to say was uh, it's crucial to know that regardless of whatever whichever path you choose when you put it out in front of an audience you have to feel fast and feel small and then iterate based on based on that yeah that's a very interesting trend that's emerging from our conversation today the fact that offers are following or offers will generally follow a very iterative process from something that is quite average to something which knocks it out of the park yeah it's a growth with a lot of iterations yeah i i feel as if uh, 
I mean, I'm, I'm assuming here, but uh, maybe both of us are sounding pro offers at this point of time. We haven't spoken so much about audience building, but I'll tell you my concern, Sham, which is, I if you ask me, okay, how many of them chose the path of, can you give me a few examples of people who chose the path of audience building and then created offers? I can give you plenty of examples. If you ask me the people who basically started with the offers and then built an audience or maybe just played around with the offers, I think I would know only a couple of them. So that is one uh, mental block or that, that is one thing that I have not been able to wrap my head around that. Even if there are two approaches, why is it that I know of so, why don't I know anyone who has taken actually the offer, offer first approach? Yeah, good point. Uh, that is a, even I can think of specific names of people who followed the audience first approach, like Louis Grenier and uh, Seth Godin. parenting expert, Seth Godin. Then there's this guy who uh, creates parenting videos and very recently started his offer. So initially he only used to create content like called the dad vibes on Instagram and recently started creating his own product now. And, and of course, I thought of you at that time regarding this whole audience first approach. But the way I see it, um, I don't think it would be very easy to figure out people who've done the opposite. Because when you put a product out there, typically you have to show some sort of testimonials and generally people don't make it very known that they're doing the offer first, right? that they don't have an audience yet. So typically they might have a few people they know personally and uh, let them try out the product in exchange for testimonials or they'll do whatever they can quickly. I mean, any good marketer would do whatever they can quickly to get testimonials as quickly as possible. Right. And this could be with people they know with uh, people they or friends of people they know, etc. just by asking around and through word of mouth, maybe even offer their offerings for free and get testimonials in, etc. So, from the public's point of view, it always seems like they've at least gotten somewhere right? because testimonials are there, the web page is there, etc. So the way I see it, yeah, offer first, I think it would be tougher to, to tell like who is doing an offer first. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. If you ask me, hmm. because we would just assume that they've been in the business for a while and they have an audience already or something, you know? Yeah. And especially if they're doing it via ads, then it just takes a few days for them to rack up followers too, right? Certain number of followers too, right? So we don't know exactly when they started or, or we generally don't take the effort to try to find out when they were zero, when exactly they started and all that. Right. So it might yeah. be trickier to tell apart like who are the folks who started with the offer first but with the audience first it's very obvious because we are wondering okay this guy has so many followers how come there's no product yet or what's he trying to sell that that's the initial thing we try to figure out right? okay what are they trying to sell and then we discover there's nothing that they are selling and it, it kind of sticks out it stands out in our mind so, uh, so that could be one reason why we remember more of the guys who have had an audience and who started with that and then waited, took their time before they created an offer, but probably not vice versa, not those who started off with the offer. So personally, I, I just assume that most folks do offer first, uh, an offer first sort of approach. 
unless i see otherwise that's what i assume in general hmm i don't think we have a great conclusive concrete answer to this question but i think something for us to think about right yeah uh, i can think of jonathan boyd who did that uh, so andre shaperon and sean twing had an interview with this guy named jonathan boyd who i'm i'm forgetting the name of his organization something ultimate uh, guitar some something regarding guitar right guitar yeah, classes guitaring yeah and uh, he actually you know makes you wonder if you need an audience at all in the first place because his business has <laughs> just grown by using yeah. facebook ads and then a long form sales page and then emails at least at least that's the part that i know i'm i'm curious the book that you are reading you know he talks about uh, market of like giving priority to the market first then he talks about what was what was the order that you told me the other day oh yeah so the model was something like this i'll just explain the whole model since yes uh, uh since i if i'll touch upon it I'll, i might as well speak about the whole thing so just three layers of importance basically so the kind of market you are in first yes. first is the market mm-hmm. second is the offer yeah and third is the persuasion skills required to actually sell so persuasion skills include everything from copy website marketing your message etc so he says that so this is uh, it's a book by alex hormozy a very recent book he finished writing it in 2021 and it's the first of a series of books so he starts with a book on offers and i and i loved it i'm eagerly awaiting his next few books but he's not written it yet so this this model what he says that the market is the most important in the sense that your offer could be great your persuasion skills could be great but if the market is declining then it will be very tough to make money because overall pie is shrinking right and there are the same number of players in it everybody is trying to fight for a shrinking pie right so in spite of having great everything else offer persuasion skills etc you would still struggle to do well so you should either be in a great market or uh, or a normal market at least because getting a great market the way he defines it he's talking about markets like the market for face masks uh, after the first lockdown you know in march 2020 right uh, yeah. or the market for hand sanitizers toilet papers etc at that time right at that time you could even put anything average out there and you'd still make a lot of money because it was a crazy market at that and there was a huge mismatch in the demand and supply so sometimes you luck your way into such markets into great markets and uh, the other rest of the this thing because they're relevant you will still make money as long as you put something out there of uh, acceptable quality but essentially that's the model where this is the order right the higher level the highest level is market second highest level is uh, offer and third highest level is persuasion skills and he says that if a higher if a higher uh, this thing a higher parameter is either great or it sucks then the rest is irrelevant because you either do great or you will suck but then then where does the whole concept of audience building fit into this because then then the the objection that i have to this thinking or that is coming is that um so are you saying that i don't even need to build an audience do you think like i can just have a great market a great offer and then i'm sorted like like how does how does audience building but, come into the but picture but here it's important to note the definition of great market is specifically for this out of the world uh, 
opportunistic markets which exist for brief periods of time. A great market in the sense which is exploding literally that the supply is so pathetic that you can just do anything and uh, so uh, like think of all the entrepreneurs who started making hand sanitizers immediately right in March 2020 itself. So those that's what I mean by great market in the sense that it is expanding at a very huge rate. Like yeah, but I think I think those are those are just the exceptions, right? And Correct. like you said, it's it's very opportunistic. So Correct. if we if we leave those markets aside, and let's say Correct. if we take the example of lazy fitness, right? Uh, let's say lazy fitness goes after a good market, uh, or even whatever you want to call it, good market or great market. Lazy fitness uh, creates a so good. We call it a good market because you see, if you're considering this model as such, it, it definitely does not qualify as a great market. That's right. the point. That is why audience building. uh becomes important the uh. rest is important because or the way he calls it i mean in his definition he calls it a normal market so normal markets have to be growing markets okay because in business and in markets etc there is no maintenance it never stays the same so it's either growing or it's shrinking okay so most markets we are in would be growing right but something like say if you are the newspaper if you are selling to newspaper uh, companies or something physical newspaper company that's a shrinking business you don't want to be in it or i don't know landlines or something that's definitely a shrinking business right so those are the bad markets the great markets so even the bad markets great markets are are exceptional cases i would say like 80 to 90% of us would be normal markets only but that is just to highlight the fact that if if you happen to be in the great so called great or uh, or a, a bad market then the rest does become irrelevant to a great degree and same okay. when we go so but but yeah for uh, for most of us we are in a normal market right so uh, and when we are in a normal higher level thing then you come to the next level and then you see like so then what is claim is that if you have a great offer right then you don't need to persuade too much that's what he means to say if you have a if you have a kick ass offer right then you don't need to persuade too much but if you have a bad offer then no amount of persuasion again again persuasion becomes irrelevant so whether it's great or whether it's terrible the, your persuasion becomes irrelevant because if it's great then it will sell itself if it is terrible then no matter what you do it won't sell itself but it might probably be normal so if it is normal then you use like exceptional persuasion skills to knock it out of the park uh, which is the third level and so that, that's what i mean by that so if a higher level thing is great or bad then the uh, great or terrible then the next levels uh, got it come irrelevant yeah like that so uh so that is why it is very important to keep another reason to keep experimenting with offers because we might have a normal offer so our tendency would be to keep honing our persuasion skills persuasion skills and try keep trying to push the liver but another way to really uh, propel our business forward would also be to try doing different things with the offer itself because you might stumble across a great offer which which uh, like sort of sense itself you you might do that also so you might be like investing a lot of time and effort into learning copy and learning the tricks of the trade there etc but maybe if you invest the same amount of time in experimenting with offers and trying to understand how to make the offer work uh, you could take some pressure off your persuading skills uh, yeah something like that yeah yeah that's a that's a good mental model to have honestly um so the priority i yeah. i think i think we have uh, spoken about quite a few things anything else uh, any other thread that you want to explore as a part of oh, this yeah. conversation i i was thinking that there might be 
I think we kind of ended up leaning towards uh, the offer based approach which <laughs> I didn't expect in the beginning. Yeah. But I do think that uh, one other parameter I think we could consider two parameters uh, here right which could influence the decision so one is how fast you want results and uh, second is what you're doing currently like if you're doing your business if you're starting off with a full time job already uh, like you are right or if you have more time to do more things i think those things matter too uh, so so for example for the first thing if you want quicker results then it might make sense to start with an offer run some ads like if you have the capital uh, try and validate with like try and validate for purchase decisions right to make to force your prospects to either buy or reject try and force them to make that decision as soon as possible because that will uh, that will probably give you faster results right because audience first approach typically you have to spend a few years just getting to know your audience deeply so yeah. not making a single rupee in the initial uh, in the initial days so if if time is of the essence then it might make sense to lean more towards uh, lean heavier towards the offer first approach but on the other hand the other parameter is that if you don't have enough bandwidth to focus on uh, your business because say you might have a full time job elsewhere etc then maybe it might make sense to just build an audience for a few years you don't have that urgency of making revenue through your business but you are constrained by the time you can put into it so then focus on just creating great content out there and focus on building those relationships right the money can wait the relationships are yeah. are what are most important anyway right w- whatever you do so try and focus on the most important thing first focus on the relationships first build that and whenever you're ready say 3 years down the line you can just say fine i'm done with my uh, not uh, not exactly done with my full time job but okay i'm getting tired of this full time job business and i understand this audience very deeply based on what i understand now which is a very deep understanding let me try and put out an offer so you can do that at any point in time later so if you're somebody who is doing this in parallel with say a primary job etc then the audience first approach might make sense because you're focusing on the important thing first and you can make money a little later you can delay that uh, yeah. a bit and also i think you know one more point in favor of uh, the audience building path is that Uh, you know trust is definitely a, a scarce resource and uh, it's it's competitive uh, there is a lot of uh, noise out there and uh, a person who plays the long game and spends time not 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 money but time and effort in creating audience the, the rest of the audience will one way or the other you know build something for them and you know quote unquote be able to monetize that eventually in one way or the other um and uh, yeah i mean i'll i'll just probably conclude by saying that i am personally i don't want to let go of either of them as i explained to you earlier i kind of want to pursue both of them and time will tell you know which one do i focus on more because it may just so happen that the audience building takes off and i just don't feel the need to indulge in paid ads and then test my offer or it may just so happen the other way that i am my my paid ads are doing wonderfully well so maybe the audience building takes a back seat so i don't know yet but as of now uh, you know despite all of the conversation that i have right uh, that we had right now i i am still uh, going to try both of these things uh, for me at least so uh, if at all i gave an impression that i am inclined towards offers that's 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 inaccurate 
uh, I, I I feel that I'm I'm inclined towards both of them equally with the things that I know at this point of time. It's subject to change, but at least at this point of time, I'm there is just equal amount of benefit in my mind to both of these approaches. Yeah, and I feel the exact same way. I don't want to. I see the benefits in doing an audience first approach, but at the same time, I don't want to leave the learnings. from the offer based approach on the table or in the, i kind of want to do both in parallel at the same time so at least put some offer out there and see what it leads to what sort of learnings it leads to from from the patterns of who's buying and who's not at least put something out there i will also probably be taking a very similar approach yeah awesome so do you want to wrap this up sham Yeah. Uh, before that, uh, would you like to tell the folks where they can reach you? Yeah, just visit my website, which is pranavkai dot com. P R A N A V K A L E dot com. Explore around, and you will find the right place to to get into my email list. I send an email every day, and then I also release a podcast episode every week. So you can choose to you know which which ones do you want to sign up for. So yeah, you can find me on my website. Sham, when can where where can people find you? So you can find me on uh, www.lazyfitness.in or on Instagram lazyfitness_in where I'm doing a a weight loss challenge or I'll be doing some sort of challenge depending on when you hear this but as of December 2021 I'm doing a fat loss challenge where I post daily updates and what whatever I'm doing daily uh, just to keep it interesting kind of like a reality show so Awesome man awesome sham yeah. nice talking to you man this was a good discussion likewise this was a good discussion so uh, yeah until next time until next time my man bye bye bye